Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. Welcome to the best show to learn how to do business better, and I'm going to break it down in a very actionable, practical way so that you can make more money and live better. I feel like that's, did I just steal the Walmart slogan? I think I did, actually. But in all seriousness, you know, whether you're a new entrepreneur or you're a more seasoned business owner, you're going to find some good advice here. In fact, we got a lot to talk about today. We need to talk about if you aren't a seasoned business owner, if you aren't an entrepreneur, it's not too late, but more importantly, that little side hustle or hobby or that thing you've been thinking about that you've been like, maybe I need to see if that can make me a little bit of money. You might want to jump on that sooner than later after talking about today's layoffs in the business world. A lot of layoffs happening recently. We're going to chat about what this means for you and not to create doom and gloom, but hey, you want to have your destiny in your hands all that and more is on today's show. We're going to dive into it. But before we do, we do have a word from one of the amazing businesses that sponsor the podcast. By the way, if you've been thinking about getting your business some more brand awareness, you got to check out the podcast as one option. You can always email me, Blake, at goodadvicecoaching.com. And if you're a more casual listener and you're like, hey, you know what? I'm not I'm not looking to advertise, but I like what you're doing. You can always check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash goodadvice for as little as the price of a cup of coffee. All right, I'm done plugging myself. Check out this quick ad. We'll be right back soon. We talk to all sorts of business owners on the podcast. And one of the most common trends is business owners who just, for whatever reason, didn't fit in the corporate environment. A lot of entrepreneurs are seeking something. They're seeking an answer and they're trying to figure out the simple question of how do I fit in the world? And more importantly, is there a way to make a living that doesn't involve the traditional nine to five job? One of the biggest pieces of advice that I give to entrepreneurs is, hey, you got to learn about who you are, what drives you, your motivation. That's why I want to tell you about this book, Your Turning Point, 33 Questions for Transformation. I love the impact I've been able to make through good advice and the good advice podcast, but that would not have been doable without taking an honest assessment of who I was today and who I wanted to be tomorrow. Go to the website, the33questions.com and get yourself a copy of Your Turning Point by Stephen J. Blank. And let's continue on this road for transformation together. Again, the website is the33questions.com where you can buy your book today. So let's talk about why you need a side hustle and what you're missing out on if you don't have one. Now, one of the things that I, I do run into whenever I talk to people who, you know, they've thought about entrepreneurship, but they haven't fully jumped into it is this fear and worry around, you know, I, I have this stable job. Uh, maybe I have family members counting on me. In fact, I, I had a friend of mine who uh, I kept getting on to him. Really? I kept talking to him about, Hey, you know, you have this really great business idea. Why haven't you done it? Why haven't you done it? And I kept kind of like pressuring him about it. And finally he said, Blake, I have five good reasons why I haven't done it yet. And those were his kids, his five kids, which I totally get. And, and honestly, entrepreneurship is not for everybody. It is incredibly challenging. Um, at times it is even desperate. Uh, there is absolute, I was meeting with a guy this morning and we were talking about how there are moments of feasting where you're like, holy cow, I'm making so much money. This is incredible. 
Um, <laughs> this is never going to end. It's amazing. What do I want to buy next? You know, you're just like, you're, it, it's like when you go to like a buffet for the first time and you're just like, you mean I can just have whatever I want, uh, which I'm not a big, like materialistic kind of guy, but definitely like when you hit, you get like big paycheck after big paycheck after big paycheck, suddenly like these things that you're like, ah, I can't afford that. You're like, maybe I can't afford it. Right. <laughs> Well, you have these moments of feasting. You also have these moments of deep famine where it it is like calling it desperate doesn't even do it justice because it is so painful trying to figure out when is that next paycheck coming in, um, dealing with the constant rejection that comes with sales. You know, you'd be in a conversation with someone and you feel like it's a lock. You feel like it's going to happen. They say, yes, they say, send the contract over. And then the contract never gets signed. The deal never actually gets fully realized. And if you've been in entrepreneurship, you've lived this, you've experienced this, you know, the pain of those tough seasons, right? So if that kind of stuff isn't for you, if you're like, you know what, I'm not, I'm not, I'm a little too risk averse to jump in full speed ahead into my own gig. That is okay. I think it's a bit obnoxious for me as this entrepreneur to be like, you're doing something wrong if you're not into entrepreneurship, or if you have a nine to five job, it'd be a bit silly for me to say like, there's something wrong with you. Like you're missing out on life. You know, if you're, if you're happy with your nine to five gig, I think that's great. However, if you aren't at least thinking about a side hustle, you might actually be missing out. You might be missing out on not just some easy opportunity, but more importantly, you might be for someone who doesn't like risk, you might actually be going the riskiest road of all by not be, by not having a plan on the side. Let's talk a little bit about what's happening in today's economy. There's conversations about inflation. There's con- I mean, and it, there's just frankly a lot of doom and gloom. Uh, if if you were to read the news daily, which I don't recommend to anybody, I personally um, just not to like totally freak out some of my listeners, but I personally actively avoid the news just because the my brand is so digital i'm getting headlines that are popping up constantly so i actually go out of my way to consume less media because 99% of it is doom and gloom it's it's fearfulness it's doubt and and by the way you can always know people who consume it regularly because of how they speak to you you know people in my life who've you know they've they've consumed a lot of the media and they come to me and they say, man, your business must, they, you must be having a really hard time. And what are you going to do? Oh my gosh. I, you know, if I were, it, it, you can, it, they kind of ooze it. They ooze that pessimism and that worry and that fearfulness. And I mean, I've even had months where I am feasting and I have people who are like, you must be so desperate. And I'm like, no, I'm actually doing pretty good. Things are actually pretty good. It's not unlike uh, I had a customer during COVID when COVID happened you know, if you're following just mainstream media, media, you would assume that every business is struggling to make it, which that was true for many businesses. I'm not, I'm not downplaying how desperate COVID was for a number of businesses and the pain that came with that. I mean, I think about, I remember there was a restaurant that opened up like 
two weeks before COVID hit and they were shut down two months later because they, I mean, who could have planned for that? Who could have expected that? Right. So obviously it was an incredibly painful time for a number of businesses, a number of people, um, economically speaking, of course. And on the flip side, I remember one of my customers who they made 20% more than their previous year. They made more money than they had ever made before. So the story that is true for one is not necessarily what's true for everybody. And that'll just be like a general caveat on today's episode. Um, you know, my hope and prayer for everybody listening is that if you're in a nine to five job, that that job will be there forever for you, that they will constantly pay you more money that they, and it's, it's, and let me just say this too. It's not about the money, but it is about the money. I had a podcast episode years ago that was called don't feel guilty for asking for more money. And this is because I had worked with and chatted with a number of business owners who at the time were constantly thinking about how to maximize the outputs of their teams while minimizing the inputs into them, not just in terms of monetary inputs, but in terms of just actual development, investment, um, and, and that's not, that's not necessarily true for all business owners, but it certainly is true for many business owners. Uh, people listening to this episode right now, there are, I can say it with hundred percent surety, there are people listening to this episode right now. And you know, you're you that you're in a job where you don't feel valued, where you were promised a certain percentage of a raise and it didn't happen. And it didn't happen because when it came time to do it, your boss sat you down and, or worse, sent off an email or even worse, didn't even address it, but they sat you down and said, ah, you know, the economy, you know, the business, we're just really trying to, I mean, it's, it's the script's been written. You know, we've all heard it before. Economy's tough. We got to really, you know, take care of the business, yada, yada, you know, hang in there, hang in. And, and, you know, you get told, um, yeah, I think we're going to reassess in six months or reassess next year you know, empty promises. And, and let me say this too. None of this is intended to sound overly malicious or, um, you know, I, I think it's a bit silly and naive to imply that like all corporations are evil and that there's like this mischievous, like someone's just like, how can I pull one over my employees? I, I think, I think most bosses are very much well-meaning and many of us who've worked in a corporate world, you know, when your boss is telling you, Hey, it's not doable. I mean, often they're wanting, they're wanting to take up for you. They're wanting to see you, you know, get what you want, but they're in the middle. They're stuck between, you know, their boss telling them something saying it's like not doable. It's not possible. The whole reason I'm bringing this up today is today in the news, Microsoft announced that they are laying off 1900 Activision, Blizzard, and Xbox employees. It's not clear what the split is, but looking at just Activision, Blizzard, if the majority is from that team, uh, it's around 8% of Activision, Blizzard. On top of that, one of the co-founders of the company is leaving. The other co-founders have already left, so it's the last remaining co-founder. Um, so he's leaving. And the um, CEO, excuse me, the CEO is also leaving, is stepping down. 
And I just thought this was kind of wild to me. Microsoft, by the way, laid off 10,000 employees from their own business last year. And this isn't the first story about layoffs. Google laid off about 1,000 employees earlier this month. Month, Discord uh, cut about 20% or maybe 15% of its employees. Twitch, popular streaming service online. Uh, they fired a third of their staff. Uh, Unity, Unity is like a, a coding engine. They let go 25% of their workforce. Interesting enough about Unity, by the way, th- this was a whole other content piece that I never got around to doing, but uh, they actually, before cutting 25% of its workforce, we'll come back to this actually, but I'll just say Unity, their their code engine is free to use. They make their money, I think, like Unreal Engine on assets. That could be wrong. That could be incorrect. But they tried to raise their prices, basically their fees of use, to the point where it was astronomical, and they lost many of their customers. Well, what happened from that? Turns out that then 25% of their own employees then got fired. We're going to come back to that. You know, a lot of companies, especially in the tech world, are laying off employees, and not just this year, but last year as well. We saw Facebook let people go. Um, I live in Walmart Walmart world. Uh, I would be hard-pressed to go a week without meeting someone who has been laid off by Walmart at some point. It's not to say anything in particular about Walmart. They're the number one employer in the country naturally they're going, you know, the scope of people being laid off there in the town that they're founded in. I mean, I'm going to run into somebody, right? But let's get to the point of what we're talking about today. Your job is not secure. And I I want to be careful talking about this because I don't, I don't want anyone to ever listen to an episode of the podcast and walk away feeling anguished, and agonized and stressed. It's kind of like what happens when you watch the news, honestly. What's going to happen? You know, you're tucking your kids kids in at night and you're thinking, "Man, what's what's their future going to be like?" Now I'm projecting what what I think about, right? <laughs> you know, I don't want to create fear for you. The heart behind the podcast, I I've just always wanted people to feel one encouraged and two they have a pathway to do more if they want to and i don't want to hyper meaningfulize <laughs> i made that up the podcast but point being i've just never wanted somebody to listen to the podcast and be worried and there are podcasts that are like that i mean there are some very popular stir the pot type podcasts that are all about FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt, you know, that, that get people really worked up about something. It's just not me. So if you're a new listener, I I just, I want to put that disclaimer out there because the heart of what I'm talking about today is not to create fear. However, this podcast has always been about practicality and what is true In practice, how do things work really? There's a lot of podcasts, a lot of pieces of content that are very theoretical. 
You know, I, I've been to leadership conferences. I've worked for a leadership company myself where we talk a lot about motivating employees and inspiring people. There's a lot of theoretical stuff around that, but in practice, money goes a long way for inspiring people. We don't talk about it a lot, but in practice, a competitive pay goes a long way in getting more out of your employees. So I'm never going to BS you, and I'm always going to defer to what's real and what is true in practice. So let's talk about this. Layoffs will always happen, and no job is ever truly safe. Especially what you need to understand is when an economy is booming, companies often think about scale. Um, Zoom, when Zoom blew up, I guarantee you they were hiring people out the wazoo. You know, these companies, especially in the tech world, when more and more people were at home during COVID and there was a higher demand for, for these te technological services that they began hiring like crazy. So you need to understand that in times of economic prosperity, companies will overhire. And in times of real economic downturns and economic stress, companies will let people go. It's just how it works. We are currently living in a challenging economy. We have inflation that is wild right now. And I, and I don't say that politically. It, it is literally wild. Go to any fast food restaurant and look at the price tag compared to what it was five years ago. I, I told this story on a previous episode, but I was out of town. I was in Kansas City uh, visiting my in-laws and I had to run up to Taco Bell to get something to eat real quick, or I needed to get something to eat real quick. So I ran up, there was a Taco Bell nearby. I went up and I got my usual, which is a chicken quesadilla, a cheesy gordita crunch and a taco Well, the taco comes with the, the chicken quesadilla, but it's only a couple of things. This was $17. I think it was like $16.59, $17. Now, if you follow any of like the TikTok or Instagram, uh, I don't, I don't know if this is like if employees have like permission to do this or not, but I've seen videos of like the, the cook behind the counter at McDonald's and Taco Bell. Uh, this food could not be cheaper. <laughs> like when you see how the food gets made, I mean, you're like, Eesh. then again, it's pretty good, right? So you see these videos, you know, the quality isn't there. And yet it amazes me that at the same price point, for a local business, Bright's Barbecue or um, CJ's Burgers, both are about $17. And they're cooked right there. They're fresh and they're really crazy freaking good compared to Taco Bell. Taco Bell instead just leaves me with like a sense of, of loss and what am I doing with my life? So inflation is real. We're living in it. The economy is uncertain. Uh, and that gets either overplayed or dramatized based on what political party you typically listen to. I'm personally not a very political person at all, and I hope to always keep it that way. But we're living in a tough time. We're seeing companies lay people off uh, at increasing rates. What does this mean for you? 
I think it's too simple to say that everybody needs savings to rely on, which a friend of mine actually said that today. I'm actually not even, I'm not even criticizing or knocking that. He said that it is true. You want savings, but I feel like when we were younger or in, in even like our parents' generation, that securing your future was a lot about savings. I don't think it's enough today. I think cost of living, how expensive things are compared to the wages we earn. Uh, I don't think just saving money is enough anymore. I think that to truly be risk averse, to truly create for yourself a pathway of security, you're going to want to invest in a side hustle, invest your time, think about ways to make money that are detached from your current salary. Now, just getting some things out there on the, on the front end, when we talk about, um, you know, making, making money on the side, I'm not saying you do what your company does and you do it in secret. Like you, you use all your company's assets and resources to do, you know, your own micro thing. Uh, that's pretty unethical. I'm talking about you, you do something in your day job, but then you moonlight doing something else entirely. And maybe some of the skill sets are there. Uh, a friend of mine, for a friend of mine, my brother-in-law, he um, does video production for a retirement company. And on the side, he's a wedding videographer. So like the skill set is the same in both, but two very different businesses, right? But you want to start thinking about ways to make money on the side only because you need to understand that your job is not guaranteed tomorrow. This is not, I think sometimes we think it's only evil companies that do this and it's simply not the case. Your boss, your company, although they genuinely like you and want what's best for you at the end of the day, will make the decision that best guarantees their survival. That is just how business works. It's not personal, even though it really freaking feels personal when you're the one let go, but it's not personal. It's just how business works. Businesses, people who run businesses, they will do what's best for their business every single day. That is just how it works. And I'm not being overly negative. I'm, I'm just being honest. So because of that, there will come a day where your presence at the business is going to be weighed against what this does for the business, the success of the business. I have known very many well-meaning business owners who have had to let their people go. It's just how it works. And I think sometimes we think that great business owners don't do that, that even great businesses themselves don't have to do that. It's a business. And at the end of the day, that's what's going to happen. So that's the first thing that's true. So because that's true, you can't know for certain that your job will be here tomorrow. You're not in the meetings. You're not in the conversations. Now for you, your role probably feels incredibly freaking vital, right? Your role and your division or your team probably feels essential. You probably can't even imagine what it looks like for you to not be there. But there's a business owner somewhere who 
is thinking about it and thinking about optimizing the business and thinking about maybe even burning the ships and drastically pivoting the business into a different way. I mean, I think about, uh, I've been through a major layoff too, by the way, I worked for a consulting company where we had a entirely, we had a, a business development sales team. And then we had like a delivery consulting team. Uh, we had 30 to 40 employees. And I remember going to a meeting and being told, Hey, almost everyone's being let go. We're reducing our team to basically 10 people. And this whole delivery and sales divisions are going away. And you are now both it's, it's a, you know, eat what you kill and do the work yourself kind of thing. And it wasn't, it was, uh, frankly, it was delivered as, um, kindly as it could have been done in hindsight. I don't know if anything could have been done different. I, I honestly don't know. It was kind of like a whirlwind, you know, me being, um, 30 year old me or 29 year old me, but even when it's done with good intentions, you have to understand that though your job feels essential, it may not be essential to the people at the top. They're thinking of how can we do it better? How can we do it faster? And it's very much absolutely ends justify the means that if I can, if I can, if my business is all about impact, that I will sacrifice a handful of positions if I feel like this means my reach is stronger. And let me say this too, also, by the way. I think, I think also it's a bit ignorant to put all that pressure and responsibility on the business owner. Sometimes it's not that either. Sometimes businesses are, you know, they're funded by outside investors. There are decision makers that maybe you've never even met before who are involved in the business in terms of those big picture decisions. Um, and sometimes, you know, a business gets acquired, a business does really well, and then it gets bought by somebody else. And Frankly, one of the things that's pretty common when that happens is people get laid off. Teams get combined, teams get cut down and reduced. I always love the story of Mark Cuban. When he sold his first business, he made sure to give everyone an equity stake in the business before the deal went through so that if someone's job got eliminated, uh, they'd in the very least get the value of their equity and the way the story goes is that everyone on that team became a millionaire basically overnight. Mark Cuban, by the way, just did this again. He sold his majority stake in the Dallas Mavericks. He's probably best known as the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, as well as being on Shark Tank. He sold his majority stake in the Dallas Mavericks and paid out a portion of that money he made to his entire team. I'm not talking about executive team. Anybody who works for the Mavericks got a paycheck. So based on how long they had been there, right? Like the person who's been there for two weeks isn't now. <laughs> wow. Good, good timing, right? But that is someone, Mark Cuban, who is a billionaire, understands how businesses operate. I, I sold the business. I made a lot of money on it. And frankly, some of the people who are here today may not be here tomorrow. So, and I, I think that's the right way to do it is you know, if you ever sell a business, making sure that people who got your business to the point of success that it's at, they get paid as well. It's not just the person at the top. But point being, you know, the business you work for could get sold tomorrow. It could get acquired tomorrow. And a week after that, your job could be gone. It's, it, it, it really does move that fast. It's like a death in the family. 
you know, when someone is, you know, and, and a grandparent is becoming, um, um, feeling sick and, or, or just getting older, excuse me, you know, it's amazing, honestly, how fast they can go. So what does that mean for you? It's in your best interest to start to think about ways to make money on the side. I'm not talking about, um, I don't call it like cheesy stuff. <laughs> I'm not talking about like you doodle a couple of like, I don't know, things that you sell for like three or $4. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about if you love to bake, you've always loved to bake and your relatives are talking about how great your cakes are and how the design of it's so fun. If you have relatives and friends calling you and asking for a favor to bake a cake for their kid's birthday party and people, I mean, it's like constant, you have the opportunity for a side hustle and you have the opportunity to make some good money. When I say good money, I'm not talking like, you know, you got to try to replace your income or your salary, but a friend of mine, Randy Wilburn, he's such a brilliant guy. He has a great podcast called the, I am Northwest Arkansas podcast, but I'll never forget a presentation I was listening to from him where he talked about if your side hustle makes a thousand dollars, you know, think about if, if it takes away your car payment a month, like, isn't, isn't that already a win? But more importantly, what I have found is that a lot of these side hustles, we never realize how much money we can be making doing it. It's how my wife's business culture connection started. She loves languages. She loves ASL. She loves Spanish. And she thought, yeah, I mean, I, I think on the side, I'd be happy to, and she was working at Arkansas children's at the time. And she was like, yeah, I think I would you know, like to maybe teach some people how to do this. And it grew into a $30,000 a year business. Again, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be, you know, this amazing business, but $30,000 a year is nothing to sneeze at. It's, it's, it's pretty good, right? So how do you identify a side hustle? You take what you're good at. You combine it with something you're passionate at, which those may not always be the same thing. You can be passionate about something that you're really bad at. I'm trying to think of what example to give for myself. I mean, I, there are so many things that I think are really cool that I enjoy doing that I am absolutely terrible at that. No one's going to pay me to do for them. So you want something that you're good at and something you're passionate about. And third, that someone is willing to pay you for, you don't have to have the pricing worked out or figured out. But if you can find the intersection of those three things, you have a side hustle. You have something that you can make money on the side doing. And best case scenario, it scales into something that you realize, wow, this thing actually could be. This is actually the story of how Wright's Barbecue got started. Um, Jordan Wright, when he started Wright's Barbecue, I mean, People loved his backyard barbecue. He was working for Tyson at the time. He didn't lose his job, by the way. I mean, he ended up leaving Tyson. But, um, you know, the backyard barbecue turned into the food truck, which turned into the Johnson location. Now he's got three locations. Dude is crushing it, right? I mean, dude, it's absolutely killing it when it comes to this amazing... And it started as a side hustle. This hobby, this, this thing that he liked doing, 
that he was good at. I mean, the food is so really good that he was good at and that people were willing to pay him for. Now you might be surprised some of the stuff too, that is fairly niche. You might be surprised what can make money. Uh, Joy has a friend of hers that, um, it's not knitting. Uh, what's it called when you have like the two little, um, needle things, uh, crocheting, she has a crocheting business and a crocheting YouTube channel that makes her pretty good money. I wouldn't watch it or buy that, but there's a community that will. And I think sometimes without getting into, you know, like the, um, the notepad entrepreneurship where like you're sipping your coffee and you're just like writing and scribbling down random ideas and you know, you're throwing it out a wall and seeing what sticks. I, I think sometimes that can be a really big waste of time, but if there's three or four things you're pretty good at that you enjoy doing, it's probably worth looking at and saying, Hey, is there a way I can make some money here? And again, even if it doesn't become a massive, you know, it, it, you quit your job to do it. In the very least, it gives you options if your job disappears overnight. You know, I think a lot of times people, they don't realize what they're truly good at, or they don't realize how they can take their current skill set and apply it elsewhere. That'd be something for you to do. Something for you to think about. What am I good at? What am I genuinely good at? What if people, and if you're not sure, it's what have, what have people told you, hey, that's you know, it's pretty good. I, I, and just to brag on myself for a second, I have a lot of people who tell me, Hey, you have a great podcast voice. Not a lot of people say you have a good YouTube face, but they say, Hey, you have a great podcast voice. Well, here I am doing podcasting. You know, it works for me. It's making me good money for the time that I put into it, but you got to think of something to, if nothing else, earn a little money on the side. And by the way, I mean, if you've been rolling around an idea, if you want to chat about this, I'm not going to sell you anything. If you want to chat about this, send me an email. Hey, it's an idea I got. This is what I'm thinking about. What do you think about it? What advice do you have? Shoot me an email, Blake at goodadvicecoaching.com. I'm always happy to help people. But despite how the economy is, whether it's booming or busting, having a side hustle will go a long way for you. Hey, if you enjoyed today's episode, I'd so appreciate a review or make sure you're at least just following the podcast so you can keep getting good advice wherever you are. That's going to be today's good advice. I wish you well. And more importantly, if you've started some kind of crazy side hustle and you're making some good money on it, I'd love to hear about it. I'd love to talk about it on the podcast. So all that to say, you all have a great rest of your week. I'll see you later.